Let's go. Hello, welcome everybody. It's Mary Lynn Harris of Hard at Work, and we're having the podcast show today about creating an impactful legacy. My guest today is Greg Ward, and welcome, Greg. Thank you so much for having me. It's my pleasure. Yeah, thank you for joining me. We've been knowing each other for a long time on LinkedIn, back and forth, and I think even maybe I was on, we're on a show together or something, but then I went, oh my God, he hasn't been on my show. I got to get him on there. <laughs> Thank you so much. I really love your show. So I'm, yeah. I'm really humbled to be invited. Yeah. Thank you, Greg. Thank you for accepting. So tell me a little bit about what you're doing now and how did you get started? Wow. Okay. Well, <laughs> the, the short story, unfortunately, <laughs> can be long, but I'll try to boil it down. Believe it or not, I began my career as a professional actor, writer, and director in New York City. Mm -hmm. And one day I fell into a job because I was broke, mm -hmm. preparing and, and developing a training program for police officers with the NYPD on by, by using professional actors to portray various kinds of people that the police were going to come into contact with. Mm -hmm. And the training went far better than any of us ever thought it would. Mm -hmm. And so it got awards. It was written up in the New York Times. CNN did a special on it, blah, blah, blah. And that began my career in one way or another using mm -hmm. my art form to provide training and insight around complicated uh, life questions. And ever since then, I've been working in one way or another as a facilitator. I'm a keynote speaker, author, writer, director. Mm -hmm. I still use actors in my training programs. I serve large corporations, global companies, and federal agencies. And I'm also an executive coach. Mm -hmm. And then in 2016, after many years of trying to figure out what I really wanted to focus on in my <laughs> life, yeah. I realized, what do I care about mo most? I had a, a, a very good coach who said to me, what do you, in, in your essence, what do you care about? And I, and I said, well, looking back on my whole life, I, I realized that respect was something that meant a great deal to me. Mm. And I thought, well, surely it means a great deal to other people too. I started to deal, do my research and I found out that not a lot of people have respect for respect and <laughs> they don't really know a lot about it. Yeah. So I, ever since I brought out my book, The Respectful Leader in 2016, I have been focused on providing leadership and development and training and coaching around respect and what I call respectful leadership. Mm -hmm. And we founded the Center for Respectful Leadership uh, two years ago. And it's just been off the charts. I mean, the response to it has just been phenomenal. Mm -hmm. And we've been able to make a, a real powerful difference in people's lives. And, you know, when COVID hit, uh, we had to do everything virtually because before yeah. that I was, I was flying everywhere. I was going in person. I was keynoting at these big conferences with 10,000 people and all that kind of stuff. And everything became virtual. Right. And, and to be honest, I got worried that, wow, are we really going to make the impact that we want to make? And occasionally I go to that dark place thinking we're not making that impact. And, and just today, just today, I got an evaluation from someone who attended one of my virtual workshops who said my life is now much better because of respectful leadership. Mm 
Mm -hmm. So I'm like, oh my goodness. Okay. <laughs> All right. We are making a difference. Yeah. Yeah. It's always the one person that says, wow, you know, and keeps uh, on keep going, going, you yeah. know, going, You're like keep it going. And, yep. you know, that type of thing. Yeah. yeah. No, it's so important. It's just like, you know, my thing is kindness. And, you know, some people say, nobody wants that mirror then. And I'm like, really? <laughs> really? <laughs> yes. It's, it's the like, same with respect. Ah, yeah. We don't need, you know, we don't need that. We don't need respect. Yeah. Uh, what do we need respect and kindness for? No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. So anyway, <laughs> yeah, I love your story. And I love the, the, I think um, you shared it with me once before about how you used actors yeah. for your thing. So tell me a little bit more about that one. Well, what we found is, you know, it's all well and good to stand up in front of a, a training program and pontificate about concepts and mm -hmm. tools and techniques around interpersonal communication, conflict de-escalation de and all that kind of um, what a lot of people refer to as touchy-feely stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and that's all well and good for me to get up there and talk about it. But people don't really get it unless they experience it. Mm -hmm. And so what we decided to do was uh, using actors to create, originally we had 30 minute plays, short plays that they would perform in the training room or uh, on a stage in front of an audience. And, and those were very effective, but we also found that many of our clients said, well, we're not quite that way. We talk differently. And I said, okay, from now on, I'm going to write short little vignettes. Mm -hmm. And the vignettes are reflective of the client's organization and challenges and behaviors and the way people walk and talk. Mm -hmm. And so uh, even though we say this is set in a fictional company that looks remarkably like yours. Yeah. And, and so they get it <laughs> and they start to feel the emotions that they feel when they're going about their everyday work mm -hmm. and having breakdowns on communication, feeling disrespected and so on and so forth. And so we touch them in the heart. It's, it's one thing to give them a lecture and touch them in the head intellectually, right. but it's another thing to go through the head and into the heart. And once, once we quite frankly have them there, then we give them a chance to learn new tools on how to deescalate conflict, how to give feedback, how to be respectful when mm -hmm. someone else is not and all those tools. And we put them in what you and I know of as role play situations. Right. We call them experiential learning. Right. But we put them in role play with the actors in character portraying fictional employees of the client company. Right. Talking about problems, using the language that the clients use. And for the first time, these these trainees, they get a real sense of what it's like to use these tools in a realistic environment. And the actors are pro professionals always. Right, right. They stay in character the whole time. They never break. They respond as a colleague would respond. They know, they know about the company because I train them very specifically. Mm -hmm. And we find people come out of those sessions going, wow, first of all, that was much harder than I ever thought it would be. And second of all, I will never forget this. I This technique is very mm -hmm. powerful. I will use it. And now I got a safe chance to practice it right. on an actor. Now I can go back to the workplace and actually do it. Right. So that is really what we're all about. And we love doing this work and we couldn't do it during COVID. Yeah. Yeah. But we're getting there. We're, we're getting back to it. Yeah. So what have you been doing since COVID then? Just well, how have you been doing it online? 
That's a great question. We decided that during the past few years, the amount of public disrespect has grown larger and larger yeah. and larger. It's very obvious. It's people are flagrant with it. And we thought, okay, there's a lot of people out there who are very hungry to learn how to deal with this. Right. So we created a series of online e-learning programs. They're completely asynchronous. You run them yourselves mm -hmm. for about four, uh, 45 minutes to 60 minutes each. One is for an individual who's feeling disrespected and doesn't know what to do about it. Mm -hmm. Another is for a manager or a leader who wants to learn how to be a respectful leader. A third is for respectful teams. How do you create respect amongst teams? And the final one is for people that we call culture creators, the leadership of an organization or their HR people, so on yeah. and so forth. And so these are, these are very interactive. There's lots of video and animation inside of these. They're a lot of fun. They're very informative. And people are telling us that they really, really like them a lot. So that's what we did. We launched them. We lost the first round a few months of back and they're going great guns. They're doing really well. And mm -hmm. we're about to launch a second level series, a higher level series with a lot of skills development inside right. of those. Those will come out in about uh, five months from now. Okay, great. Yep. Awesome. That's what yes. we've been doing. Yeah, yep. well, we've all had to pivot, right? We've yes. all had to change our direction or change our products or whatever, right? Yes. Otherwise you know, yeah. how else are we gonna survive? I've been doing a lot of my, what I call the Respectful Leader Workshop virtually. I, mm -hmm. I turn the program into a virtual program. It, it's conceptual in nature. There are some exercises that we do that are very powerful. It, is it as effective as being in person? Probably not, but it's pretty darn close. Right. And I used to say um, um, that, forget it, Mari, you, if, how do you teach interpersonal leadership communication skills uh, over the internet. How do you do that? Well, when my client said to me, you need to do with that, or we're not going to hire you. I said, okay, let me figure it out. Yeah. And it, it works better than I thought. It mm -hmm. actually works better than I thought it would. So you, you live and learn, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So what are some of the biggest challenges in your sphere and your lane? Um, do you find your customers are having? Uh, there are two. The first biggest challenge is even an acknowledgement that respect is actually important. And yeah. all of our research has determined that uh, organizations which have high levels of, of what we call informational respect, procedural respect, and interpersonal respect, those are the three types mm -hmm. of respect. If they have high levels of those, they're very productive, they have low levels of conflict, very few lawsuits, and low turnover. Mm -hmm. Now, that's a bottom line depiction of why respect is so important. So we go at those customers and say, look, look, do you want a dysfunctional organization where everybody's at each other's throats and being hostile and disrespectful to each other? Because there's a cost to that. And we mm -hmm. show them how much that costs. Mm -hmm. Usually it's a comparison with like in, uh, companies in like industries where we know one has a respectful culture and the other doesn't. Right. So, so once we leadership kind of gets it, once we talk about that, mm -hmm. the second challenge is from folks who work, who are in the tech side of work, yeah. IT, engineering, technology. Mm -hmm. um, these folks are subject matter experts in their fields, but there wasn't a lot of interpersonal leadership communication skills taught. Right. 
-hmm. or it wasn't emphasized as something that's important. And what happens with a lot of companies, especially these big tech companies, they say, hey, you're really good at being a subject matter expert. Let's make you a manager because we can't promote you. You know, we can't pay you anymore unless you're a manager. So they make them a manager without any kind of uh, mm -hmm. leadership skills training whatsoever. And mm -hmm. they fail spectacularly partly due to the fact that they don't respect respect. They mm -hmm. don't see it as, a, in fact, they weren't even told that it was something that they should pay attention to. They right. just are, the, and they, and quite frankly, a lot of these companies are dominated by men and there's kind of a bro culture that that's mm -hmm. a real thing. Yeah. Um, it's, I'm not being politically correct. I'm not being, you know, a, a woke mm -hmm. here. That's a real thing. There are many cultures that have this bro culture, which is very exclusive. It's very competitive. It's very yeah. testosterone fueled. And you know what? There's a whole lot of people in this world who just don't want to deal with that bro culture. And yeah. any companies who says, well, we don't need those people. We don't need those diverse. We don't need women. We don't need anybody else who's going to be um, offended by our bro culture. Those companies are bound to fail. Those yeah. companies are going to make big, big, dumb mistakes and going to have to pay for them. Now, sometimes that means leaders got to go. But in our culture, those leaders still get a big payout and they think everything was wonderful. Yeah. So it's a it, respect is a hard sell. Yeah. But if I can come at it from the point of view, there's a bottom line value to it. And also there's some neuroscience involved in it. And mm -hmm. the scientists and engineers that I deal with, when I talk about the neuroscience of respect, they go, whoa, I never thought about it that way. And right. they really, they'll go for that. They'll right. go for that. Yeah, they, are, they really want the ROI. What's the bottom they line? They do, they do. Right. And, and they also want, they don't want airy fairy. They don't want warm and fuzzy. <laughs> I get it. You know, I totally get it. On the other hand, if you haven't understood or at least started to acknowledge the value of emotional intelligence in the workplace, mm -hmm. you really don't deserve to be in a leadership role. You really don't because you you're going to mess it up. You're going to yeah. make problems for yourself. Yeah. I was just going to say, and you don't deserve to be in business. <laughs> yeah, I might even go. I might even agree with you. There. I might even agree with you. Well, now, not, this, not in this day and age is how far this, we. That's come. the thing. This yeah. world has changed. This we have changed so much. I remember when I was a kid, my father had one job. He cradled a grave employment. He had yeah. one job. And I often ask at my keynotes, how many of you have had a parent who had one job throughout their career? And at least half the hands go up. Right. And I say, now, those of you who are millennials, how many jobs do you expect to have in the course of the year and they all a uh, course of your career? And they all laugh and they say, oh, maybe 10, maybe 15. And that's normal because the cradle to grave employment concept went out the window during the yeah. 1980s and 90s. It's no longer there. Yeah. And so we are truly resources to be used until we're not needed anymore or leadership makes a mistake and we got to get rid of people. Right. So, the millennials know that I have three millennial kids. They all graduated from college right during the Great Recession. They're not stupid. They saw people losing their jobs left, right and center. They saw their their friends not being able to get jobs. Yeah. And they thought, OK, OK, I'm highly and this is the most highly educated generation in, yeah. in, in history. And they're thinking, you know what? I got a lot of skills. I got a lot of intelligence. Why should I put up with being treated like crap when I can go over somewhere else and, and work for them? Right. So we we have to i'm a boomer 
We have to recognize that the landscape has changed fundamentally. And if we do not change with it, then we're destined to be the dinosaurs that our millennial children say we are. Right, right, right. Yeah. 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 And it's also because, um, you know, they're highly educated, but yes. I wonder how EQ educated they are. I think they're think? more. I think more? they're. I think they're more, especially even looking at Gen Z, the next generation to come into the workplace. Mm -hmm. they, for example, they're very comfortable with diversity. They don't get the diversity wars. They, yeah. they really don't get it. Yeah. They just think it's, they don't, they don't know what to make of it. But yeah. because most of them were raised with multiracial families or right. friends and families who are multiracial. Uh, everyone has a gay mm -hmm. friend who's out. It's like, what is the big deal? Yeah. That, yeah. You know? um, so for them, that's a level of emotional intelligence, or you might call it cultural intelligence, yeah. that, that they kind of grew up with. Again, I think a lot of baby boomers were not introduced to emotional intelligence until we were in our mid-careers. Right. And many, many of us said, you know, Mari, I'm really successful. I didn't have this emotional intelligence thing. So why should I change? Well, that's be because the world has changed, <laughs> you know? So, um, or, the, or, or they just say, ah, the heck with it. I'm too old. I can't change. I'll just retire. Right. So that's fine. If that's the way they want to go. I just think that's a waste of talent. And right. I, th I think that's a lazy way out, but that's me. Okay. So, yeah, I think it's a hot topic and more discussion around it needs to take it. Absolutely. Place. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. tell me, um, do you have any tips or things that you'd like to share with people before we close off about, um, sure. about your I, end of the business? I'll tell you that it, it, if, unless you've been living under a rock, you all know how uh, short everybody's tempers are right now. Mm -hmm. I, I just saw this morning a, a headline that said there have been more uh, if if we're on keep stay on pace in the airline industry for the amount of disturbances, fights, and mm -hmm. incidents on aircraft in 2021, if we stay on pace, we're the 2021 will have more airline incidents of violence and, and upset than all the previous years combined. Mm -hmm. All the previous years combined. So yeah. my point is. You can tell, everyone can tell, everybody's on edge. Mm -hmm. And one of the things we as leaders have to do is be responsible for what we call our own emotional shift. We have got yeah. to get our shift together. Mm -hmm. And you know, I'll be the first to, to admit when I am treated with disrespect, it's everything I can do to not respond <laughs> disrespectfully. Right. But I, if I do, I know I'm going to regret it. So we have to find ways of managing our emotional shift well. If that means meditation, which I do every day, right. that helps me going out for walks in the sun, or even if it's raining, getting outside, right. doing exercise, go to the gym, uh, having what I call a vent buddy, somebody you can talk to and just vent to who will mm -hmm. nod and say, uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah. uh-huh, you know, that kind of person. Yeah. Anything you can do to manage your own emotional life as a leader is going to help you when things get tough and other people are behaving badly. Right. That, that's right. a big tip that people always ask me about. What, yeah. How do I do that? I said, well, find ways to release that negativity. Yeah. Yeah. I call it uh, reacting 
We're not yes. responding. We're just reacting. Reacting. You know, right. Rather than taking, you can just take a deep breath, and nobody knows that you're doing that. That's right. That's right. You, <laughs> you're right. You reminded me. The Navy SEALs have a technique. Well, all special forces have a technique called box breathing. I don't okay. know if I've ever, if you've heard of it, or I mentioned yeah. it to you. Yeah. So what what I learned to do from them is you inhale on a four count. Yeah. You hold it on a four count. Yeah. Exhale on a four count. Yeah. And keep it out on a four count and it makes a box of, of you know, a fictional yeah. box in your mind that will calm you down. And like you said, nobody even knows you're doing it. Yeah. Even yeah. if, you know, all hell's breaking loose and you're sitting there box breathing. Yeah. <laughs> they, also, they also call it four square breathing. Yeah. It works. It yeah. is so good. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I've, I've, there's so many breath work, um, techniques and yes. ways you can do it like i've even been told like i've been practicing this too it's just you know breathe in a deep breath and you hold it for say four and you let it out for eight yes and uh so there's so many different ways of doing it without yep. nobody knows you're doing it but you're just calming yourself down because otherwise you're going to be just as reactive as the next person beside right. you or on the phone right. or whatever right you're absolutely right so yeah we have to learn yeah so that's uh one of the really key things is just to calm ourselves down and as a culture because of all the stuff and all the things we're all getting triggered yes so how are we going to calm ourselves down that's and right you can't run around and say well they got to calm me down no you got to work you got to work yes. on it you're yeah, absolutely it's an, right it's an internal job <laughs> it is and like you always say err on the side of kindness yeah give people the benefit of the doubt i when people drove by me fast on the freeway i used to how dare they you know they're out of control they're going to cause yeah. an accident they're they're too risky and i realized who am i who am i hurting who who am i who am i helping who am i hurting i'm certainly not helping myself i'm just getting myself all spun up right so i came up with something i hope it's not too inappropriate to say i just say to myself well somebody's got to poop somebody's <laughs> got to poop and they you know they fly past i'm like somebody's got to poop and it makes me laugh and and i don't get all spun up yeah maybe that, maybe that's a tip that'll work for your listeners yeah yeah you know there's just like um somebody was saying uh a driver in front of them going too slow and they're they're like ready to honk on the horn and tell them to hurry up. And unbeknownst to them, they might be having a birthday cake sitting on their lap. And uh, they true. they can't drive faster, or they don't feel they can drive faster because That's they right. don't want to tip it. That's right. So um, anyway, so there's lots of ways we can look at the situation to make it better. Yes. And it's also viewing it differently. And like you were saying, take the simple tips that you've suggested that we all try out. So, but anyway, yeah, great. Thank you, Greg. Really Thank appreciate you. the conversation. My it went by so fast, like half an hour. Yeah, it did. Thank you so much. Yeah. See, we'll do it again soon. Oh, I'd love to. And if people want to get in touch, is it yeah. okay if I give them? Yeah, go ahead. Time? Sure. Yeah. Just go to respectfulleadership.org. Yeah, that's all one word: respectfulleadership.org, and yeah. you'll find us there. Yeah, and I'll have your on your page. I'll put all that stuff. You're the there. best. Okay, thank you guys. Remember, be kind to each other because that's all we have. Anyway, take care and we'll talk with you soon. Thank you so much, Mari. Okay.